0: I am in an office where I'm one of a handful of, you know, minority people and now it's, you know, like my social media is, you know, the 30 plus years before of my life and it's like, you know, a, a little a little ratchet, a little hood, a little polished, a little, you know, I'm multifaceted, right? Yeah, uh... yeah. I think that's, that goes back to what I mean. Like, you know, being authentic is knowing that like, you can do both, right? Like, yes, I can go, and I know you've talked about this before, but like on the weekend we can turn up and, you know, we can listen to reggaeton and grind and, you know, I can twerk for days. Um, Do you, you know, have the honor and the privilege of experiencing that side of my life Mm -hmm. which i think is you know what i've been evolving and learning and as i've gotten more comfortable in my own skin and again trusting myself in the decisions that i'm making for you know me as a you know single woman who's doing you know real estate and corporate and philanthropy and all these things it's like okay well what am I going to allow you to experience with me? And it's gotten to the point now where it's like, well, I just want you to know that like, you don't have to choose, like
1: yeah. at all. mi dímelo. What up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Key & Do It Is podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it. I'm your host, Pavel, I Bring you another special episode with another very special guest. Now, the clip you just heard in the intro is with this week's guest, Samara. Before getting into the full episode, let me give you a quick bio on her. She was the first in her family to go and let alone graduate college. Started off her first business running a marketing agency for local restaurants to help pay for school and is currently an enterprise account manager at Forrester. Her main focus in life is building generational wealth, not only for herself, but for her community. She says, if I can find a way to make money work for me rather than working for my money, I'ma do it. However, my greatest passion is making it accessible to Latinos, Latinas, the Latinx community, that we can do what I mentioned earlier, building up our community and building generational wealth. All right, y'all, with that said, let's get into the episode. Yeah. I mean, let's start where we always start with just, you know, the word authenticity, you know, when people tell you that, you know, be your authentic self, and when you hear the word, like what comes to mind for you?
0: So this is something that honestly I've struggled with for a long time and trying to find my authentic voice and what that means to me. And I think what it boils down to ultimately is trusting in yourself to be able to make the right decisions. Um, for you, depending upon, you know, whatever situation you're in. I think that we're all multifaceted, you know, human beings, and that we get to have so many different layers and angles to ourselves that it's really trusting to know, like, in this moment, this is who I am, and that's good and appropriate and should be celebrated.
1: Yeah. Do you think you've always had that trust in yourself or even were allowed to have that trust in yourself?
0: Um, I don't know. I think allow is, is interesting. I don't know that there's really, the permission is what you give to yourself at Mm. the end of the day. And for me, it used to be a concern of, well, what are other people going to think? Because, you know, I have all of these different roles that I play. Um, you know, being in corporate, being, you know, first gen, you know, back when I was in college. And it, it it was this pressure that I had on myself of, all right, well, I need to make sure that I'm the right person for this situation. And I think now I've gotten a lot better at that to the point where I really don't care what other people think because I know that I'm making the right decisions for myself.
1: Yeah, Nah, yeah. No, I feel you on that. I, I meant more so, especially, you know, you mentioned being first gen when I said allowed sometimes, you know, like we want to be a certain person, but our family has this, like this idea around like what they want us to be. So allowed in the sense, like, yo, I want to say this, this, and that, but my mom told me I shouldn't, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, to a degree, but again, I think it's the permission that you give to yourself ultimately for me, you know, nobody ever told me that I had to do something like in my family that I had to be a certain way. Um, it was just this kind of unspoken understanding almost of, all right, you know, we're here, like be great. But you know, when it came to school or, um, career or, you know, big decisions, if there wasn't for me that a pressure, explicitly from my family but for some reason it was something that I internalized just from society as a whole
1: yeah that's so interesting because it was the same for me too like my mom never told me you have to be a certain thing or I mean she didn't even have like certain expectations for grades either like she never told me I mean obviously like she wanted me to do well in school but I think a lot of the pressure like I put on myself instead of like my family necessarily like telling me to be a certain thing like you you, always hear like certain stories around family members telling their kids like you have to be a doctor or you have to be like this this, and that or a lawyer and like my mom never told me that either um so it's interesting like that we sometimes feel the pressure to put the put that pressure on ourselves you know what yeah. I mean like why do you why do you think you put that much pressure on yourself
0: um I'm not sure I think it's just ultimately society and media and you know what we're consuming every day and you know what this idea of the quote unquote American dream is or is supposed to be Um, and it's like all right well you know my parents came here and now it's my job to like fulfill on all of the hard work that they put in and same thing my mother never you know demanded you know good grades or anything from me um, there was this expectation that I'd be a good student, but it was just kind of like, do what you're gonna what you gotta do. like I'm working twelve hours at the salon, and you know I just need you to pull through kind of thing. So I think it just comes from society and media to be honest.
1: yeah, I mean, that's a hell of a representation too. like our family works so hard. so how we look like not working either just as hard or harder, you know what I mean like it's funny because I, I tell this I tell this too because my mom. I like barely saw my mom growing up, like she was always working. So my grandparents were the ones that raised me and my dad, um, just wasn't, uh, he was like, yeah, long story. Um, but yeah, it was my grandparents that raised me. So I think in a lot of ways, like, you know, sometimes your experience is almost like not experiencing it. Like by not seeing my mom many times, I'm like, oh shit, like maybe that's how I should be. But tell me why your, your, your family as well. Like where did they come from? Like tell me about that first gen experience too. Yeah. So, um,
0: actually my family's from Brazil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Surprise.
1: I <laughs> um, love Brazil. I've been there twice and I didn't want to come back both times to, uh, to Rio. I wanted to just like sell coconuts on the beach. all so just like, yeah. Yeah. That's
0: the dream. It's funny. I've actually never been to Rio. Um, like the touristy side of you know brazil like that um but we come from we're actually like farmers um oh. you know uh my dad's side of the family is from the like northeast of brazil which is kind of by the amazon and it's like when i'd spend my summers in brazil it was like no running water taking you know baths in the river no electricity like horses to get around um and then it's like i have come back here and it's like you know first world country. Like my, I have an aunt, um, had an aunt, uh, who passed away and she used to call me first world baby all the time. Like that's, that's how she like referred to me and my younger brother. Um, because we just, you know, we lived in the United States. So they, they came here, they worked really hard. They were, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs themselves Um, and then they ended up my, my mother and father ended up splitting when I was like two and then it was just me and my mom for a while and so she had to you know work even more to make sure that she could provide for us and I knew and saw how hard she worked and I definitely appreciated it but I knew there was another way like there, there had to be another way where it wouldn't involve me being gone for 12 hours a day and having to drop off kids at the babysitter. Um, and so that's why I personally like really took control of you know, going and getting an education. I started college you know, right after high school, ended up um, kind of taking a leave of absence for a couple of years because um, I had landed what I felt was a really good job working at uh, the hospital here, you know, so I had great benefits, I was making, you know, a ton of money compared to, you know, previously, I was in retail and restaurants. And now I'm, I've got, you know, benefits and healthcare and all this stuff. Um, but ultimately, I, I saw that I was stuck. And I was actually in a pretty toxic um, environment when it comes to when it came to my manager. Mm. and. I was like, I gotta get out of here. And the only way for me to get up and out is to get an education. Like that, that right now is the American way. So I ended up quitting my job. Um, like all this happens like back to back. I ended up quitting my job, closing on my first condo and then re-enrolling back into school full time while working at the restaurant at night. So I was like grinding for like a good year and a half to finish my degree because I knew that's how I was going to end up getting a a good job. And I finally did wrap up my degree and landed my first um, corporate job. It was in a nonprofit uh, organization. And then a year later, I was like, (laughs) the nonprofit world, love it they're doing great, but this ain't for me, like this, this is not it. So, um, I ended up leaving there and then actually going to my first, um, real corporate job after that. And I've just been, you know, year over year, it's only been a little over four years now, just like going up and up. And I'm like, okay, this is like the ROI is here finally.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we're not, we're not going to just casually breeze by you being in school and just casually closing on your first condo. Like, I'm sorry, what? Not (laughs) most, most college kids aren't doing that. Like, why were you even thinking about doing that?
0: It's so strange. I I literally ask myself that all the time, because for me, what it came down to is I knew that, um, or what I had experienced was me and my mom it was just the two of us and we would move every year I ended up I've only lived in one um city one town it's in Connecticut so people don't like calling it a city but I've only lived in one place (laughs) um and I ended up going to seven different schools because we moved every year and my mom did not have this thing about like we'll stay within your school district so it's like You know, I was in one place for first grade, a different place for second grade, a different place for fourth. So I kept moving around. And while it was like fun, I guess, I didn't really like that just always having to pick up and pack and move. So I said, all right, I want to be able to have my own home and be able to, you know, raise my kids in one place and not move around. So that was important to me, and I don't know where I got this from, honestly. But I was like, I've always had this thing. I was like, oh, I need multiple streams of income, and so I'm gonna start with this condo, and then like, you know, um, I was I was actually married at the time, and then I was like, all right, three to five years, and then after that, you know, we'll buy a single family home and then rent out the condo, and we'll live in the single family. And I had this idea. I don't know where I got it from, and I don't really have any, like, legs to it. But I was like, all right, that's the plan. And so that's what I started down the path with.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm so curious, too, like, you moving around. Why was that? Was that just um, out of necessity, like, trying to find another job in a certain neighborhood, like, where things were happening more than the previous? I'm just curious.
0: Um, You know, I think what it came down to, um, you know, we were definitely working class, you know, I'd I'd say we were, you know, humble beginnings is always a nice way of saying like, we were poor, right? Uh, (laughs) Like there were definitely times where, um, you know, basic needs were met, but it was like no luxuries, like thirsty, here's water, I don't have milk, I don't have juice. And I think that my mom being a single mom and being, uh, you know, an immigrant, um, you know, sometimes land landlords would take advantage and like mm-hmm. jack up the rent, right? And it's like, okay, like you had you were paying X for the past year, but yeah. you know, your lease is over. Now you're gonna, you know, pay even more. And it's like, all right, well, can't afford that, so let's like move someplace else. And there were also moves that were like, okay, like now we can afford something a little bit better, so let's do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so unfortunate. I mean yeah I mean you see that all over the world just with like gentrification for example right and I'm not I'm not sure if that's exactly what was happening in that neighborhood but yeah I mean it's it's so unfortunate you know
0: yeah I don't know that it was so much gentrification as much as it was just kind of um taking advantage of a situation and and a circumstance right so um that was was something that i I noticed and just it never sat right with me and so you know now with me being a landlord it's like i want to make sure that i don't you know do that with my tenants and i give them the experience that i want and would have wanted
1: that's beautiful and that's so dope that so early in your in your life it sounds like you were able to do that and i don't know if it's like this for you but for me at least like i also think about multiple streams of income pretty frequently and part of it for me is kind of like for for my for most of my career like i've liked jobs but i haven't loved them and part of it for me is uh building enough wealth and income on the side to be like have enough like fuck you money to be like you know what i don't really need this job so like if you come at me the wrong way like i can quit tomorrow i'm not there yet (laughs) but like i want to be there so that
0: yeah Yeah. exactly
1: do you think about that as well because i remember you talking about your first uh not like quote-unquote corporate experience but you had like a pretty traumatic one potentially like it didn't go well is that I'm wondering, like, at an early age, did you unconsciously start doing that to, like, start building that foundation for yourself?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, It's interesting, because I always had this mindset where I'm like, well, I don't want to be a business owner, like, I don't want to run a company. Um, But in many ways, I was doing that. And I just didn't realize, you know, my definition of what running a business was, and what Mm. being an entrepreneur was, because what I saw was, you know, my, what my mom was doing, which was, you know, she was running a nail salon and, you know, my, uh, father had a used car dealership and it's like, okay, well, you got to get up, you have clients, you have to deal with people, you've got inventory, you've got this and that and that. And it's like, oh God, like, I like, that's, that's not what I'm about. (laughs) But, um, when I was in that, that, um, position at the hospital, and I felt so powerless. And it's like, you go through, you know, all of the the regular, you know, um, hoops of, okay, well, let me go to HR and let me go to HR and talk to them and, you know, raise my concerns. And, you know, at the end of the day, unfortunately, you know, HR for a lot of companies, it's it's not your best interest. It's the best interest of the company, right? Yeah. So, it didn't matter how many complaints I put in, my coworkers put in, you know, my manager was almost untouchable. And it was a situation where like, I was breaking and I really, it took a big, big toll on my mental health. Um, I like changed as a person completely during that time. I was really depressed and irritable. Um, and it was just like, awful. And I was like, I, I can't give anybody this power over me. So that's, you know, like, all right, let me get an education. Let me at least get a better job. And then from there, you know, um, be able to move up. I I think so many people are like, you know, oh, you gotta, you you know, you you do the nine to five or you do like the entrepreneur route. And it's like, but you can do both.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs)
0: it's like, you can do both because just like you, like, I want that fuck you money real bad because it's like, I, I, I think there's levels to it, right? Because it's like, you, you get to a certain level and then it's like, you can, you can say fuck you to this or that, but it's like, I want to be able to, to say it to all of it um, and I'm getting there for sure. Um, we are getting there for sure, but uh, it's definitely a work in progress.
1: Yeah, not for sure. It's definitely a work in progress, and it's about getting passive income so that you don't have to do there because, like, your job you have to be there actively, right, to make the money. But but like for passive income stream, like it's about making money in your sleep. You know what I
0: mean? It's, yeah, you're not making money until you know you your money's just working for itself, right? So like I exactly. literally got into investing um, for the first time. Like I always knew about four hundred one k, but really didn't understand it. And literally in 2019 was when I actually um, really started learning about investing and in just different um, ways to generate passive income, right? Because it's like, we're taught that you have to exchange time for money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm not trying to make that exchange anymore. Like I'm trying to get like that compound interest and just like have the money come in without me doing a thing right um so it was like it was great i had um uh at one point i was on a vacation and i had gotten like a text message from one of my tenants um asking some things and not that it was an issue, but it was like, oh, you know, like, that sucks. Just got to deal with it. But then I, I had the thought, and I, like, looked over to my, my girl. I was like, listen, it sucks that this is happening right now, like, that there, you know, that this kind of bump in the road is happening. But I'm really glad that I'm handling this from, you know, poolside versus, you know, having to actually go and be there. And being able to do what I want to do from wherever is just, you know, it's, it's freedom, really, what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what money represents for me is freedom. It's not like a specific dollar amount. Like I don't want to buy anything with it really. I just want to have the control and the option to do what I want. Yeah. And
0: I. The option to say no. Like, yes. Like, hey, yes. I need you to, uh, you know, I need you to do this. No. <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: Like, I'm sorry. You just said what to me? Mm-mm, I'm not <laughs> dealing with this. Mm-mm. Not today. I'm not dealing with this fuckery today. <laughs> Speaking of fuckery too, uh, going back to that, and I definitely want to get into you know all that you're doing, um, not only finance for yourself, but also finance, like you're educating the community so much as well through a lot of your own like personal initiatives. But I definitely want to go back to that incident as well, um, just at the hospital, even then, also just like how that experience then impacted some of your other roles, right? Because that wasn't your only job in quote unquote corporate America, right? Like you had so many others. But going back to that incident, is there anything specific you can share on like what happened? I'm not looking for like company name or the person's name, just more so like your experience, like things that were said to you and how you took it initially.
0: Yeah, I mean it was um a lot of microaggressions.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: And micromanagement it was just a a number of small things that you know I was there for five years Um, and at the time I stayed so long because I'm for me it was like well this is great like I'm getting you know $18 an hour like this is amazing like how am I and I have benefits and PTO and you know like how can I give this up And then it just got to the point where it's like, oh, there's gotta be a better way. And for me, it was, you know, let me, you know, finish my education, um, check that box off and then get in someplace else where I'm actually going to be valued and respected. And, you know, definitely the, the, your manager certainly has, I think the biggest impact on your day to day. And my manager was just not, uh, you know, a somebody who really had my best interests um, in mind. It was really, you know, whoever could make them look best. And since then I've had, um, you know, the privilege really to have some really amazing managers that have invested in me and that have taken the time to know and understand me as a person. Um, Mind you, all of my managers have been white and the majority have been white males. Um, and I'd, I'd say that there's a, a good possibility that I was the first, um, you know, Latina that they had to manage. <laughs> and,
1: Why do you think that? <laughs>
0: um, just in, in terms of, like, the, the location of the office. Um, it was, you know, originally started as, you know, a startup. And just the the pool and population of people that worked in the office, it was predominantly white. Mm. And so I, I think, you know, that that I don't think it would have been far-fetched. It, they might've had somebody else, but there, there certainly weren't a ton of us in the office um, or in the organization. And just them really taking the time to understand the nuances of, you know, me as, you know, not just a professional, but as a person really has made my corporate experience infinitely
1: better. Yeah. Going into work, we see other people and we just see titles. Like we forget that they have lives outside of work, like really interesting lives too. Like like if you start getting to know your coworkers, you're like, damn, I didn't know you did all that. Like you did what? Uh, But part of that also is like us sharing it or like people sharing it with us. Like, how comfortable were you early on in sharing some of your experiences or just like being your most authentic self at work?
0: So I'd say, um, you know, when I was at the hospital, it really wasn't a, a thought per se. I, it it didn't kind of come through because um, I didn't feel like it was a quote unquote serious job. <laughs> when I started working at the non-for-profit. um yeah, yeah. That was interesting because it's, um, it it was a, is a faith-based organization.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so I'm Christian and I was like, oh my God, yeah, let me go work for this organization and and that, and it absolutely did amazing things for my faith and really built me up. um, You know, I, I have really great bonds with the people there and, you know, just grew in that area of my life exponentially. Um, but I'm a work in progress and, you know, I know that I'm not perfect and, um, you know, they're actually like, I had a cube mate, if you would, like I shared a cube area with mm-hmm. someone and she had actually come from a very large uh, corporation previously. And she was very like by the book and like buttoned up and like, this is, um, you know, how you do things. And it's interesting. She's Dominican. And was like, well, if you're going to survive in, you know, corporate America, like you need to draw a line and work and personal don't come in. And she's actually the first person that like told me or taught me that. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like, uh, that makes sense. So I was like, yeah, like no, we are not about to be, you know, Instagram friends or <laughs> follow each other on social media. That's not we're not going to do that. And I had my profile on private and, you know, really didn't allow that. And then when I went to my new corporate job, it was a much younger demographic. Like a lot of millennials worked there. It was a very sales heavy organization, um, which was great because, you know, now it's like literally people, I had always been like the youngest in the office. And for the first time, I was like one of the older ones in the office. And I was like, oh, okay. And there was such, it's such a amazing place to have had the opportunity to work at and to have experienced that because, um, so the company, um, it has since gotten acquired, but it was called Serious Decisions. And literally, it was like two guys that started it, um, you know, your typical, like, kind of founder story. And everybody was just like family. And you, you know, people grew up together in that organization and really formed some amazing bonds. And I still keep in touch with so many people from that time. And like, I mean, I'm talking like, weddings and baby showers and it took me a while to warm up to being like, okay, like, you know, let me allow you into like my little sphere of, Mm -hmm. me, because, you know, I am in an office where I'm one of a handful of, you know, minority people. And now it's, you know, like my social media is, you know, the 30 plus years before of my life and it's like you know a a little a little ratchet a little hood a little polished a little you know i'm multifaceted right and i think that's that goes back to what i mean like you know being authentic is knowing that like you can do both right like yes i can go and i know you've talked about this before but like on the weekend we can turn up and you know we can Listen to reggaeton and and grind and you know I could twerk for days. Um, <sighs> do you you know have the honor and the privilege of experiencing that side of my life, mm-hmm. which I think is you know what I've been evolving and learning, and mm-hmm. as I've gotten more comfortable in my own skin and again trusting myself in the decisions that I'm making for you know me as a you know single woman who's doing you know real estate and corporate and philanthropy and all these things it's like okay well what am I going to allow you to experience with me and it's gotten to the point now where it's like well I just want you to know that like you don't have to choose like yeah at all
1: yeah I mean that's the whole idea behind plural it's like it's just plural with a w you know what I mean and the whole idea is that you can be raw you can be yourself like you don't have to be singular right you don't have to choose between the two like i've always struggled with the word and i talk about this in therapy all the time because i for me it's it's very binary or it used to be at least like it's either i do this or i do that and my therapist was like why are you using the word or and i was like i don't know it was it was just so ingrained that i had to do that i mean going back to like social media i remember being in college and they would tell me remember to make your social media private remember like they would tell me even to like change my uh maybe my friends told me that I remember in college like I used I changed my name so I wasn't like searchable <laughs>
0: like I, I mean th- right.
1: there are so many things where like I felt like I was trained to believe that you shouldn't even share your social media my mom would tell me that all the time it was like don't do this and that and then yeah I realized like that's not the way but you're gonna say something sorry
0: no no it's fine the I, I, same actually and it was not even so much and certainly there was a part of it of like okay well you know if you go get a job they're immediately gonna google you and scour social media to see like what you've got yeah. um, but it's also like a privacy thing right like the internet is a weird place and like sure. you know as a woman it's like listen like don't be creepy like just yeah. <laughs> leave me alone and, and there was a while um that i definitely did um a little bit of a, a cleanse if you would and same thing i changed my social media to you know like you you cannot find me like you you had to like really be looking and know what you were looking for like um you know my handle was a latin phrase right like people are like what does this even mean and i was like oh, you know it's just a little something that i like <laughs> But I did it intentionally because I, I didn't want to be found. Um, oh, that's really profound because I was busy finding myself.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, after, um, you know, my ex and I split, you know, I went into this space where it's like, okay, well, who is Samara? Like, what am I about? And I went through this whole, like, self-discovery and, and really figuring out me and it's like, well, I don't want anybody's, you know, thoughts or opinions to kind of influence what I'm, you know, processing and going through. So um, I definitely, like, kept it very, like, all right, well, social media, like, let's just keep it for close friends and, you know, private, lock it all up. Um, but now I, I really feel I have to live out what I've always said, which is representation matters and I've always been searching for representation and I've always been the one to like say it and then um my therapist actually was like well why can't that be you and I'm like well what do you mean and she's like well why can't you be the representation you're looking for and I was like because I'm looking for it (laughs) like me Um, and so I was like, all right, you know, like people need to be able to see different options for their life beyond what they were just shown. I never thought of sales as a career. For me, sales was like, you know, car dealership people or like, yeah, yeah. Mary Kay. like, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to like go door to door selling, you know, makeup. And now I'm like, wait, B2B sales, like talking to these, you know, fortune 500 companies and executives, that's, I didn't even think that was an option. And um, it took people to, you know, some time actually to convince me. Um, It was probably like a year, year and a half before I was like, all right, let me get into quota bearing and see what I can do there um and i've been successful but i never would have seen that as an option so i just want i feel like i'm a bridge sometimes between you know the people that i grew up with and you know the the small town that i came from and like this big world with all these other options and opportunities um so i just want to show people what's possible
1: i love that and i'm wondering like was there anything else that you felt like you needed at the time because you said like in many ways you want to, your therapist told you, I think you want to like, why don't you be who you needed? Right. Or why don't you be who you need? Like who did you need besides seeing someone in in sales potentially?
0: I mean, I think that was it. Like there at the time, I really didn't see a lot of um, successful, you know, Latina, Hispanic women, women of color, really in general in positions of power. Um, and so that was always a hunger and ambition of mine, but I didn't know how to get there because it's like, well, you know, everybody in power is white and usually a white male. So like the tools and access and resources that they had are very different than what I had. So it didn't seem really to make a lot of sense for me to go along that same path, because, you know, I, I didn't have the same tools to get there. So I was looking for someone who had the same tools, aka the same background as I did, um, and how they overcame like challenges and obstacles um, in order to get to where they are.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. It's It's sort of like building your own path, because the path that you want to follow doesn't even look like anything. You 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 it doesn't look like you at all.
0: Yeah, and and then it's also like, well, what is what is that path, right? Um, yeah. It was so singular. You know, the the image, like I said, we had you know parents that were working very hard, um, but then what are the other options? And yeah. they can you know, there's this wonderful saying that my um, godmother told me. Um, which was you can't expect apples from a pear tree, and I was looking for apples, and my mom could only give me pears, and it was like, all right, well, I need to figure out how to to get this other life that I have seen, you know, folks acquire, and like, that's that's what I want to do. How do I get there for myself?
1: It's so interesting too, like going back to that earlier experience when. You know you were speaking to your dominican friend and she was like this is how you should do it keep this line separated and later you go through this self-discovery and then figure out like this is who i want to be this is what i want to present to the world this is the this is what i want people to know me as but then one thing is discovering that and another thing is like putting it to practice right and what was that like you know you go into I don't know back to your job and you're just like i'm gonna present this part of me now like what was that like were you nervous anxious was it strange just like what was that experience of like you being yourself this this new self that you discovered as well
0: it was baby steps right i I don't think it was like this one you know magical like light bulb moment um but it was you know starting with you know just close friends and Mm -hmm know sharing a little bit you know in person um, and just like little little things you know I I didn't try and do it all at once right it wasn't just one day I'm like hey like you know here I am sort of thing it was like as I get more and more comfortable with things this is what I'm going to you know do and, and share so um it's progress. It's again, like not overwhelming myself with feeling like I have to bare my soul, um, to the entire world because, you know, at the end, I, I I do think that, you know, privacy is valuable. And a lot of times with social media, we lose that. And there is this pressure to like, share everything. And it's, usually the, you know, the highlights and the best of the best that people are putting on. Um, So, like, I do it in small ways that people probably don't even realize or pay attention to. Um, But, like, you know, like, on my stories, like, I try not to use filters, right? Because, like, as a woman, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta put on makeup, you gotta have your face beat, blah, blah, blah. Number one, I don't know how to do makeup, so, like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's just not me um you're gonna get some like tinted chapstick and you know a little bit of like or bronzer eyeliner and and that's about it um but trying even even that like literally visually like all right like this is me bare face no filter um you know here are some learnings I try to share you know things that frustrate me um because everybody posts like you know Hashtag #goals, but there's definitely things along the way um, that are challenging and, and frustrating. And so, um, I had uh, done a, a speech once actually, and um, I said this line, and it was just like full circle moment because now, just you know, a couple months ago, um, Kamala said the same line when she was inaugurated, which is um, I may be the first, but I won't be the last mm-hmm. and so that's really just what I'm trying to do and show and and just little by little, like here are little bits and pieces of me and my life that may or may not be you know relevant for you,
1: yeah, and yeah, I love that as well i mean we we can say that you gave Kamala that line pretty much, right?
0: I'm pretty sure right i should I should like look into um. The sort of
1: copyright stuff that I have going on. Add <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that as an, uh, another income stream.
0: Yes, absolutely. Residual income, please.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so interested too because I'm in sales as well. And uh, like people typically have the nine to five, right? And like within the nine to five, you know, you do whatever you do with your coworkers, you, you share certain things, share not. Um, but then having clients is a whole nother game. Like I have clients that add me on social media and I'm just like, oh my God, this is weird. Like, do I make a close friends group? That I feel like that's even more pressure because yeah. that's how you're gold on your job. Like your coworkers, you know, a lot of them, they don't have that much impact on like, if you're going to do well at work or not. Like I, I randomly, I put up like a Cardi B gif. I'm like, oh, are they gonna, are they going to like say like, they don't want to work with me because I'm ratchet? I don't know. Like, do you think about that stuff?
0: that's fair. And, um, <laughs> like very valid. Um, and I think, ugh. so like I'm on LinkedIn, right? So, it's <laughs> not, so it's like, Hey clients, like you go talk to me over here. And then I had like a, a Twitter that, um, I created for my job and it was like, yeah, you know, like follow there. But like, uh, I don't know, like I haven't gotten to the point yet of, you know, clients, following me. I don't have a Facebook right now, so I haven't had one for years, actually. Um, so, like, they can't find me there, but then, like, Instagram, nobody's found me there yet. But also, traditionally, I had been new business, so it wasn't mm. the same, like, account management. I yeah. came in, sold you, and then let the delivery team figure it out after that, right? <laughs> So I was, I was just a hunter and passed it off. So I didn't create as many um, relationships with my clients and the ones that I did from previous roles, like, yeah, we're on LinkedIn. Like you can follow me there. No problem. All the time. It's so interesting. Literally yesterday, um, I'm back now on the account management side. So I'm, you know, building those relationships and I'm working with folks day to day. And I, had a phone call with a client who, we have like a laundry list of open items that we need to get through and projects and flights and scoping calls. And this person is managing for like all these different stakeholders. And I'm like, let me get some of this off your plate. Who else can I work with? And they weren't being responsive. I was like, you know, what's going on? Like we need to do this. Like this is my pipeline like what are we what are we doing and I had a conversation with my client and they go hey I'm really sorry you know I I know I've been hard to track down you know full transparency I'm just not doing well and I think pandemic fatigue has finally hit and so I've gone to the doctor and I think I'm going to take some time off and i you know know that we have a lot of things in flight so we'll you know um circle back and you know close up on on different things but this is what's going on and i was like oh my god like thank you for trusting me Hmm. to be able to like share that and this is like a a pretty powerful person within the organization and i'm like i feel like little me like, oh, wait, just a little, just a sales rep here. No big deal. So it'll be interesting to see how this year evolves um, and what types of relationships come up from it. I think that the pandemic and working from home has really shattered a lot of the um, status quo, quite honestly, and these thoughts and ideas of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that exists. I don't think it existed previously. I think there was a facade of it existing. And I truly feel like even the, you know, C-level executives would not necessarily be their authentic selves, right? Because they also had to run a company. They have to put on, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I've got to report to the board and to shareholders and this and that. And yeah. so I can understand there's, there's a level... There of um, authenticity that they're struggling with as well. Yeah. And I think now, you know i I have meetings with my SVP, and she'll be like, one moment, puts me on you know mute <laughs> is talking to her kids, checking homework, like the dog, I mean you've seen my dog over here a yeah. bunch of times. And so I think that really has changed how this corporate and personal fine line has you know blurred
1: yeah i mean even as even as sellers i think like we're 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 trained in many ways to go in there with a certain type of energy you know what i mean like we're supposed to be the best meeting of their day you know what i mean and like no best meeting starts off with oh man things are things just aren't going well, you know, but that that's really how we feel sometimes. But I feel like a lot of times we have to be like, Hey, top of the morning. How's it going? You know what I mean? But like, that's not real. You know? (laughs) So Um, I'm maybe we got to do like a follow up episode with you or like, how's how's it been going now? (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to do a part two uh, in in a few months to see how things have progressed. But for sure. It's just you know, 2020, we shifted to like lead with empathy, right? Um, Yeah. Business Uh business, prospecting, like, how am I going to call you, right? When the whole world is shut down and be like, hi, we haven't met previously, but I was just, you know, uh, working with your peers in marketing, like, what? Like, this is not, I'm trying to get a a six-year-old on a Zoom call right now. So... It, it's so it, weird,
1: like, shouldn't we always have, have led with empathy? It's so correct. weird.
0: Yeah, and I think we've, we've course corrected. I think um, yeah, this whole quote-unquote new normal that we have been talking about yeah. really has um, opened up to allow us to have relationships, you know, as sellers on a, yeah. on a personal level. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see if any of my clients
1: start following me. You do. What up? What <laughs> up? <laughs> oh, la- last question. Cause I'm sure you got things to do. Uh, yo, there's so many things that we didn't get to talk about. Like um, you being Brazilian didn't talk about that at all. Uh, yeah. um, so like family dynamics, uh, so many things. Anyway, as we wrap up, like what's one thing that continues to inspire and empower you to, to be your most authentic self?
0: I would say that, like I mentioned before, it's, you know, sort of being the light, if you would, for other folks and showing people that there are other options in terms of what you can do and be with your life and the things that you can accomplish. And just because, you know, it's hard to be what you can't see. So I'm literally just trying to act as that, you know, reflection of, you know, all of these things that you can do or not do and try and, um, know that literally the sky's the limit. If if I did it, there's literally no reason why you can't do it because we're no different. I'm no more special than you and so that's just my hope to just inspire, really.